Support for Internet Explorer comes from Squarespace. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code BF at checkout and get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Buzzfeed's Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes like anally ingesting cough medicine and um, mid-2000s blogging culture. Extremely adult themes. Yes, very adult themes. So if you're a fan of ass play and old forms of digital publishing. Who's not? I mean, exactly. So if you're a fan of those two things, you should definitely stay tuned. If you're you're too young for that, then I suggest uh, go masturbate and use Twitter like a boring millennial. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. I'm back. Hi, Katie. I'm so glad you're back. I was so sick of British people. They're always just like, Oi, I love paying taxes to keep my quality of life much higher. Oh, I'm British. I live in a safe country. Ooh, oh. Oi, I got me Nando's at the Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Is that my British accent is like the worst thing that a human has? I only do one accent. It's just a high voice that shrieks. Our guest this week is Hossein Darakshin. He is um, Iran's blog father, which is the coolest nickname you can have. And Hussein has a really great story. He wrote about it in Medium in July, and we were lucky enough to have him as a guest uh, this week. Basically, uh, he. He brought blogging to Iran uh, while he was living in Canada, and then he moved back to Iran, where he's from, and he ended up getting imprisoned and spent six years in jail. When he came out of jail, he basically discovered the internet was totally different. Right. Like, he sort of gave away a huge chunk of his life to help people learn how to blog and communicate with the freedom and stuff that uh, blogging had, and then when he got out of jail, it kind of didn't exist anymore, which is you know, nuts. Um, right. But on a, on a lighter note. On a much lighter note, before we get to that, Katie has a very <sighs> a very important thing that she needs to talk about and more importantly, horrify our producer, Julia, with. Uh, Katie, what did you find on the internet this week? So th- I found this thing that appeals to two interests that you and I share a lot, Ryan, which is teens behaving badly mm-hmm. and teens doing weird homemade drugs in a out of household substances. Okay, so I just want to let you know that like that is also like the two favorite things of a child predator and we're not that. We just love cringe humor to a, 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 an extreme level, I suppose. But that's right. We um I I'm a big fan of dumb shit that young people put on the internet because it's just kind of like it's beautiful like in a poetic way sort yeah, of. Yeah, and you know, I think that we we've covered this in episodes past. Like there was a there was a time where we talked about heroin and drug internet and where people like, you know, huff the weird stuff out of their medicine cabinet. <laughs> and normally that is sort of the like I don't know, that's a thing that teen boys are really into and <laughs> what what I hey, found hey, was That is very misinterest. Don't blame <laughs> it's it's we've only this this episode is being recorded a mere 24 hours after International Men's Day, Katie, and I will not have you besmirching its good name by blaming all homemade recreational drug use on boys. <laughs> you, you know, you're right. But this particularly, you know, for me as a feminist, I was really inspired because this was two <laughs> young women who were doing just making a huge breakthrough in a field normally dominated by men, which is ill-advised, dumb, homemade drug use. Uh. And uh, the two women in in question here are, um, they're on Twitter, and they're Freak Mommy and Little Baby Bitch, and Bitch with a Y. Obviously. And Freak Mommy 
tweeted uh, four pictures of her friend, little baby bitch, uh, butt-chugging cough syrup. Uh, before we get any further into this, for, for those not in the know, butt-chugging is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> it's where, you know, I think it sort of first came to uh, the world's attention with butt-chugging, like, beer or vodka. So, like, anally ingesting liquor to get drunk faster. Typically, when, when women are doing anything even close to this, it, it's called boofing, and it's like vodka-soaked tampons. Yeah, yeah. That's the oh, term oh, for Oh, with the tampons. Boofing. Right, right, right. Um, so we don't necessarily recommend you do this. But these pictures were so exquisite. And I, I really, Ryan, I, I want to bring our producer, Julia Furlan, on to take a look at these pictures. Because you've seen them, I've seen them. Um, oh, yeah. But she has not seen them. She's heard us vaguely describe that they exist and what they are. Um, Julia, hello. Hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, Julia, something tells me that you're not this is not your first time at the ill advised, you know, homegrown drug use rodeo. Um, yeah, I would say all of my experience with all of this is listening to you too. So um I feel like it's only appropriate that you bring me along on this bridging ceremony of a, a new low that humanity has reached. Okay. Um no, the the tweet is four pictures. Now, everyone, it's 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 pinned to the top of Freak Mommy's uh, Twitter page. You can go on at Freak Mommy, uh, spelled exactly <laughs> like you would think it would be spelled. It's pinned to the top. It's beautiful. So you're going to have to go close up and look at each picture one at a time. Okay. But to really understand, to get the full understanding. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, okay. Photo number one is a butt cheek. Um, she's like hoisting her underwear to the side um, and you can see one full butt cheek and a bottle of cough syrup being anally inserted. Yeah, and she's sort of she's sort of crouching in this. Yeah. One. Yeah. Now the <gasps> next one, this is where it gets good. This is where That's it gets where it's good. the best. Yeah, yeah. The oh next my God. one is yeah. The second oh the second God. photo is where it gets it gets brought to a whole other level. Now, um Freak Mommy or or this so baby bitch. Freak Mommy is doing it to little baby okay, bitch. Okay, so little baby bitch. Oh, important important detail. While this is happening, the quote uh, according to Freak Mommy, the what little baby bitch said while she's doing this was this is not recommended by drug addicts or doctors. Um, So now Little baby bitch Is doing a handstand Very Very A handstand With her legs Against some sort of Like warehouse Looking wall Oh I I love the background The background is like So bleak Well it's just like You know the like Shitty apartments That you live in When you're like 19 And you butt chug Cough syrup Like that's (laughs) (laughs) It's like You go to like A party at someone's Like And it kind of You're like Wow is this condemned Like what's going on It does It looks like a squatter Sort of apartment And I I would say That like the true triumph Is of this photo is that Freak Mommy is like clutching with her left hand into little baby bitch's uh, butt cheek. Like you can see her yeah. grasping the butt cheek and pouring like a, a disturbing amount of cough syrup. The cough syrup was full yeah. when uh, at, in the other picture, and now it is like almost <laughs> entirely yeah. empty. Oh, oh so my sort of god! <laughs> oh my god! This is the next picture. So the next photo is. The cough syrup being all like it's almost entirely emptied. Oh my god! This <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> is the last picture. It's sort of a close up. Uh, yeah, this of is, it going this into is a the co- butt. This is a close up. It reminds me. Well, first of all, 
I want to commend her on her uh, her skills. Yeah, she's doing like um, a handstand with her legs spread, like kind of the way that you might imagine someone like twerking against a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like upside it's down. A, it's a total twerk like pose. Now, what I love about this is the <laughs> friendship between Freak Mommy and Little Baby Bitch, and I feel mm. like there's so much trust and love between these two young women. Yeah. You know, they're clearly besties. Like, <laughs> who would you trust to pour cough syrup into your butthole? Okay, so while we were doing this, I dug through little baby bitch's profile, and she's released a few statements. Okay. 18 hours ago, little baby bitch tweeted, don't get my shit fucked up. I'm an Arrowhead freak at best and a bored middle school student at worst. She knows about Arrowhead. Yes! Oh my God. Oh my God. And then 12 hours ago, little baby bitch tweeted, please donate to my GoFundMe. I'm in a coma. This has been my mom running my account. Ryan, we've got to find Freak Mommy. we got to talk to her. Okay, um, hi. If you if you know Freak Mommy, oh um, my God. to the audience of Internet Explorer, we promised you that we will do everything we possibly can to get Freak Mommy on an upcoming episode oh to talk God. about why she is the complete goddess of the internet. She's, like the, she's like the physical... She, she is this podcast. She is yes. this podcast. Everyone, I hope that you will go and look at these pictures of Freak Mommy and Little Baby Bitch. Oh, my um, God. Two American heroes. Two American sheroes. Julia, I'm sorry you had to look at that, but thank you for coming on and, and telling us what you thought. I can't look away from these photos. <laughs> you can't. You can't. They're so good. Support for Internet Explorer comes from Squarespace. With Squarespace, sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level, and there's absolutely no coding required. The site is intuitive and the tools are easy to use, and if you sign up for a year, you get a completely free domain. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you sign up, make sure to use the offer code BF to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. We're with Hossein Darakshin uh, today, and he is sometimes known as the blog father of Iran. Hello, Hussein. Hi, thank you very much for having me. L- let me just say I'm very jealous of, of your title. Every country can have a blog father, I guess. It's not <laughs> a huge compliment. Ryan, you're the blog father of Marblehead, Massachusetts. So for people who aren't familiar with your story, I, I wanted to kind of start at the beginning. So tell me about bringing blogs to Iran, I guess. I was. I used to be a journalist in Iran. I was writing about the internet for a reformist newspaper called Asre Azadegan, and I had a column there, in which, on a daily basis, I was introducing introducing different aspects of the internet. So when I when I left Iran, I immigrated to Canada actually in 2000, and then after a few months, I experienced 9/11, and that's how I discovered blogs because I was searching for feedback and reactions from from the Americans to see what they feel and what they're going to do. And I found it amazing because I always wanted to be able to reach my readers in Iran again. And I started my I started at my own using Notepad because at least Windows didn't support many languages like Arabic, Persian, Hebrew and all. So it was very difficult to write in Persian. Um, and I was writing my, my stuff in Persian in, in, in Notepad, and I was doing the coding, the HTML coding as well. Wait, so you are hard coding a blog in Persian and Unicode? Yeah. If anyone wants, like, ultimate internet points, that's, like, unbelievable. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, I was so excited about the the potentials of that medium that I spent all my time there. Then, as soon as I realized that Blogger.com was supporting Unicode, I published a step-to-step -step guide on how you can start your own blog. So, in in a year, for instance, we would have a hundred blogs in Persian, for instance. That was the ideal thing that I was thinking. But then it was so quickly popular that in in less than a few weeks we reached. Uh, more than 100. Basically, so you, you moved back to Iran and you, you were imprisoned for six years. Mm -hmm. And your piece kind of talks about what it's like basically to, you know, be removed from the internet and like a man, like out of time travel, you are now faced with a very different internet from uh, hard coding Persian and Unicode on a server to a Facebook status. That is quite different. It was actually shocking. It was very shocking when I realized that, um, first of all, blogs are not read anymore and nobody is writing them anymore. And it bec it's become like a graveyard. But then gradually I realized that something serious has changed. Um, the first thing was that the readers had moved on, had moved to social networks, even though they were blocked by the government in Iran, but people can still access them. People use like proxy servers and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I realized that people do not go to blogs and web pages, separate web pages. Um, so anyone who who wanted to write anything had to move and to mi had to migrate to social networks as well. So what do you think of Twitter? My whole argument comes down to the idea that hyperlink is dying, and that's why the mm -hmm. web is dying. Oh, oh, um, if you're a millennial and you're listening to this, a hyperlink is like a hashtag, but it, it, it existed on a computer that was not your own and allowed you to basically share music and pornography with that computer. <laughs> <laughs> My God, see how depressing it's become? You have to explain what hyperlink is. Yeah, we could end the show now. But I think... I mean, the whole problem with the social networks, as I discussed in the article, is the concept of the stream. And I think maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Because the stream, which is basically what you see in your newsfeed, um, this never-ending flow of new, uh, of new pictures and videos and short bits of texts, this is the problem. Um, because, and that's mainly because um, the stream works on two values. One is that um, they value newness, and the second is that they value popularity. I think that that's one of the big complaints that a lot of people have about Facebook. It becomes this echo chamber for people who share your own views. Exactly. You know, most people, yeah. they their friends are you know, someone who grew up in the same town with them, maybe went to the same college with them, you know, works at the same job. They're, you know, it's, you're just hearing the opinions and the kind of news items that people who are very similar to you want to share. And you don't really hear the voices of people who are different from you. Recently, I mean, this is actually going on right now, is that um, everyone is talking about how the world isn't talking about the Beirut bombings, but they are talking about the, ba about the Paris shooting. What I thought was very fascinating is that what no one seems to be connecting is the fact that the, the Paris shootings and the Beirut bombings are w the two largest algorithmic news cycles we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing what happens when an algorithm is feeding you information is that 
if your friends are all white, mm-hmm. you're only going to get the white tragedy. Mm-hmm. And if your friends are all brown, you're only going to get the brown tragedy. And everyone's going to claim everyone else is a racist. But that's the problem is because a robot is only trying to keep you in the stream. The, the worst aspect of this in terms of diversity is that it silences the minorities, basically. Because if you don't have mm-hmm. a popular opinion or a popular post, that post or opinion wouldn't even be seen by your own friends let alone others. Um, And what happens is that minorities, when minorities are not heard, especially it's very important now within the context of the ISIS and all the the tragedy in Paris and other cities, it makes it hugely important in terms of politics that when these people are silenced and they have no voice, they obviously will become radicalized. I had never actually considered it and now it's like my brain feels crazy to think about this, but I mean, ISIS is essentially uh, an incredibly radicalized bunch of digitally connected millennials just Mm -hmm. being fucking shits all over the planet. And they're very good at this internet and they're very good at getting people to join them. Do you think a lot of that has to do with the ease of creating a digital echo chamber of young like-minded people and that is a crazy thing to ask but is uh, do you think that i am sure it has that kind of effect yes uh, because if it's in reinforcing our views or your views and anywhere you are it definitely works the same way for them so instead of them being exposed to different views and discussions they would only um, be stuck in their own kind of mindset I think that one of the interesting things about sort of a little bit earlier what Ryan was saying that I'm seeing a lot of people sort of complaining like, oh, we're only hearing about the Paris uh, tragedy, but we didn't hear about the one in Beirut. And the truth is, like, the media did cover it, but it just wasn't as popular in your Facebook feed. And I take young people at face value when they say we want to be informed about both of those things. Um, I think even though that in this case, the algorithm let them down. But there's also, I mean, part of the reason that I think that the Paris bombings, there was this extra element of a whole lot of different methods of communicating this, you know, whether it was people changing their Facebook avatars, um, which is, you know, this weird, purely visual method of communication that you might not read an article about it, but you're like, why do I see all my friends have new colored avatars? And I think that in this moment in the internet, in order to get information across, you kind of need more than just a news article. Yeah, sure, it's 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 a great tool for communications and maybe even to some degree for ac- to access information. But then I don't actually agree that the, the media covered equally the uh, the the, the, uh, the Beirut bombing and yeah, when you yeah. see, I mean, especially TV, which is which is. The set, one of the one of the main points that I make in the article is that internet is becoming more about entertainment and it's becoming more uh, like TV. That's quite um, ironic because everyone thought that with the emergence of the internet and the potentials of interactive communications, the the other traditional media would go towards that kind of communication system. But now you can see that TV is is dominating politics, especially in the US and English speaking countries or and in Europe. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
We would never, you know, promote a raving lunatic uh, onto a public <laughs> forum because he makes good television. That that doesn't happen in America. What are you but talking about? See the about? debates. The debates are replacing American Idol shows, and and the whole. I mean, the whole aspects of politics is is now channel is being channeled through TV. What what do you think about? people who use social media, especially Twitter, as a way to do like protest movements like in the US, the Black Lives Matter uh, hashtag movement, spreading information, uh, spreading voices of dissent and protest and minority voices. Mm. And there wasn't really exactly an equivalent of that on the hyperlink version of the web. What do you think about that? I think that's true because the social networks have a performance aspect to them at the same time that they are there is a spontaneity aspect to them it's like marching in the street when you all suddenly see when you all, all your friends suddenly change their avatars it's a performative act which wasn't easily possible uh, before the social networks mm-hmm. so i don't deny mm-hmm. that it has a great political potential for any kind of social movement, but at the same time, there's downside to it because Facebook is built based on grabbing all the attentions from everyone for a long time during the day and sell them to advertisers. I want to thank Hossein Darakshin for coming on um, and explaining that Facebook and capitalism are evil. (laughs) Everyone share a link today when you listen to this, I think. Be a pal. pal. Share Share a link. link. Let's start today. In fact, I'll share one. I'll share one right now. Yeah. Go to medium.com slash matter slash the web we have to save, essentially. Just don't type that in. Actually, just search on Google. They'll give you the link. Uh, the web we have to save. It's on Medium. It's very, very good. Um, thank you, Hassan, for coming on. Thank you. It was an exceptional experience. Thanks. So, guys, uh, if you liked uh, talking about butt chugging, um, (laughs) we have a very exciting uh, year-end wrap-up episode coming up soon. We're going to talk about a thing that Ryan and I do every year, which is we put together a list of the 50 worst things on the internet that year. That's right. I have a feeling, I have a good feeling that Freak Mommy and Little Baby Bitch are going to make it onto the list this year. I think they're definitely ready to get on that list. Uh, Last year, we had all kinds of good stuff. Uh, everything from like Sonic fan fiction that involved 9-11 to a woman simulating a blowjob with some sort of grapefruit, I think. It's a great post. Definitely keep, uh, keep, you know, definitely see it on site, but also stay tuned for our show about it. We'll, we'll have some very special guests. I think so. I want to thank uh, the people who make this podcast possible. If Julia Furlon, our producer, was a mid-2000s blog, I would say she would be like a mommy blog that's slowly poisoning her child so she has something to keep writing about. Mm-hmm. If Jenna Weiss-Berman was a cough syrup, she would be grape-flavored Dimatap for kids. If Eleanor Kagan was a mid-2000s blog, she would be a smaller music blog angrily reacting to a hipster runoff article. (laughs) And if Meg Kramer was a kind of cough syrup, (laughs) she would be the kind that can only get prescription with codeine. And she would be mixed with some Sprite into the lean drink. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Our theme music is by Tan Lines. Hey, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, definitely say nice things to us and about us and rate us well and not meanly. Like mm-hmm. some people who seem to think I sound like Kermit the Frog, which I'm still upset about. You do. And I, 
That, shut you know up. what's messed up? Shut that up. was me who wrote that. No, shut up! <laughs> That's that's also my uh, Japanese accent. That's also my um, German accent. Are you doing the accent right now? Uh, no. Ah, well, I mean, ah, <laughs> damn it! Ah, you just got owned in front of all of these listeners. <laughs> <sighs>